And, and Jess had mentioned that years ago she wanted to take dance classes, and I have a Y chromosome that gets in the way of me enjoying things like that. And so I, in the end, we didn't follow through, and I thought, well, we'll do this. But we were about to move, and and um, so we weren't going to sign up for a class. And um, um, so I, I went out and I, I found um, DVDs to, to teach, like, ballroom dancing, right? And and I don't know, do they have ballroom dancing in Montana? Okay. <laughs> so I, I picked up these DVDs, and and one afternoon as we were, like, packing the house and we had moved all the furniture out, and we had a big, long main room in the house, um, we threw in this DVD. I don't even remember what dance we tried to learn. Um, I think it's... No, I, I, maybe that is, I don't know. I, I know that, um, I think that maybe I blocked it out as a PTSD thing. Like, like I think maybe my brain is trying not to remember it because I, I remember why I didn't dance at that point. I, I'm one of those people that like my brain says, this is what we're going to do now. And, and then the feet say, yeah, that's a good idea, but here's what I'm going to do. You know, and, and the brain will say right foot go this way and left foot steps in and says, wait a minute, that's my line? You know, and, and hands are supposed to do things and they're not. And, and so like we're trying to dance and my romantic gesture ends up being kicking my wife repeatedly and <laughs> stomping on her a few times. I think we fell once. It was pretty, it was pretty ridiculous. I, I had somebody ask me the other day, why did your wife marry you? You're not charming. You're not cute. And I can't dance. So there you are. Um, <laughs> she is an amazing woman. Um, I, I, I am one of those guys that was born with, with the disadvantage of, of, of a total lack of coordination. Um, um, when, I, when I was a kid and I tried to play sports, I, I was the guy who couldn't run across like a football field without falling on my face because my feet decided that they would turn inward or something. I don't know. Like I, I'm just not coordinated. I can't shoot a basketball. I can't, you know, and so when I do sports, I do things that I can do by myself so nobody can see how embarrassing I am. You know what I mean? Like, like I ride a bicycle and I, I lift weights and nobody sees how, like, ridiculous I look because, because that's the way it comes out. Um, as, as we're looking at 1 Corinthians, this is sort of where Paul is at with these folks, right? They're, they're probably one of the largest churches in the New Testament world. Paul spent several years planting and growing this church. He leaves and he starts getting letters where folks are asking, well, hey, we have this problem and we have this problem and hey, we're having difficulty with this. Can you help fix it? And, and in 1 Corinthians, one of the major, gosh, fly, um, one of the major themes that, that sort of runs through the book is that the folks can't seem to work together and they can't seem to get along. And it's a little like my hands and feet, right? You know, the church says, God says, this is what we're doing. And the feet say, let's do it over here. You know, while the top half says, let's do it over here. And, you know, they're, they're falling over themselves because they can't seem to coordinate. Um, it's like a giant, Church of Eric, right? <laughs> Ridiculous and not working well together. And and in chapter 12, which is where we're going to be at, um, Paul is specifically dealing with um, spiritual gifts, right? Because all these folks had different spiritual gifts. There were some of the folks that, that um, would speak in tongues. Um, that's a big topic. We're not talking about it today. Um, <laughs> I saw some people laugh at that. Um, <laughs> There were some of these folks that, that were like, like able to do prophecy. And there were some of these folks that had other gifts. And, and they began to try and stack themselves up against each other. You know, like, like, and I sometimes think about maybe, maybe like children. 
You know, you ever watch your kids where they're like, well, I'm good at this and that's why I'm the best child. You know, well, I'm better at this and that's why I'm the best child. The bits has never did that, right? (laughs) Um, And so what's going on is Paul is sort of um, reprimanding them because like you got guys who can't seem to deal with each other. And it's not just this, right? It's a bigger picture issue. If you jump back to chapter 11, there's this whole section on communion where he's like, look, you people, when you get together for the Lord's Supper and you're supposed to be doing communion, you bring your own packed lunches. And some of you are getting drunk and some of you are eating until you're like, can't stand up. And some of you don't have anything to eat because you're poor and you're not sharing. Like if you can't work together, you're not going to bring glory to God, Right. It's it's coordination. It's the same problem. Because folks who are looking out for themselves in the Lord's Supper were also looking out for themselves and they say, hey, my gift, that's the one to have. Um, and so Paul starts in at this in verse 12, chapter 12, verse 12. For even as the body... Well, actually, let's pray before we start reading the, the verse. Oh, and I think they're shutting the door because children are going out for nursery. If you happen to have a child who might enjoy being in the nursery, this would be a good time to do that. Um, so we're going to pray. Um, Heavenly Father, I pray that as we look at your word, that your spirit would would be in it, Lord. That that as I, I pick words, that you would guide me in a way that I would um, accurately reflect your heart and your message and your will, Lord God. And that it wouldn't be me, that it would be you that's in these words. In Christ's name, amen. Um, for even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. Paul is a sticky writer. Okay, so we're going to go bit by bit here. He says, listen, you got lots of parts. You got hands, you got feet, you got arms, you got eyes, you got noses. These are parts, right? But they don't stand alone. They're all glued together and they go together. Everybody with me? Um, and it's, it's wonderful, right? Like it's good that our bodies are stuck together and it's the same way with the body of Christ, a church, not just Eric up front speaking, right? It's not just, um, um, you know, Renee organizing and, and running, um, food events or teaching Sunday school. It's not just, um, um, Daniel doing sound. It's not just, um, um, you know, the ushers, it's not just um, folks who are good at comforting folks. It's not just these individuals. It's all of us together. We're the body of Christ together. Um, and, and we're all one. Even though there are lots of parts and lots of functions, even though everybody goes home at the end of the day, and some of you live like 100 miles away from here because Montana is spread out for some reason, like even though we're spread out, we're still one, right? We're still all a part of each other. Um, 13 is, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, whether we were all, we were all made to drink of one spirit. Paul says, listen, the Holy Spirit fills us, right? This is the same Holy Spirit that gives you your spiritual gifts. So any of you guys that have gifts, that spirit is what makes us part of one body. So it's not the building, it's the body, it's the spirit, right? The church is not this building, the church is not this service, the church isn't the carpets, the church isn't, you know, like the things we do, it's not the brisket cook-off, it's, it's, it's us as people together, right? We could gather in the street and it would still be the church. Everybody with me? And it's because of one spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that fills us and makes us one. And if you've ever stood in a crowd of folks long enough, the fact that they can be one for longer than 30 or 40 minutes is a real miracle. Um, which is, I think, sometimes why churches struggle with standing together. Um, so one spirit, right? 
whether Jew, Greek, so it doesn't matter what your like ethnicity is, it doesn't matter what your social status is, slave or free, it doesn't matter if you're an, Amer- an American or a Canadian, it doesn't matter, we're one, right? For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason or any the less a part of this body. So if the foot comes along and says, hey, I'm not a hand, so I don't belong, can it really get out? Not without a lot of effort and a good deal of pain and maybe a tourniquet, right? Like it's not going anywhere, which is sort of the weird thing about the church, right? Anybody been in the church long enough to see a foot walk away and and suddenly there's no bleeding happening? Like there's no hurt associated with it? Look, we lost a part of our body and it's gone and nobody seemed to notice. That's a sad thing, ain't it? We're talking about essential church. Last week I started this series. We're going to talk about it for a few more weeks. And what we're talking about is this idea that the church should be so much a part of us. Like, and I'm not talking about the building. I'm not talking about Sundays. I'm talking about each other, right? This should be so much a part of us that if we stop showing up, it's not like, oh, it was just another thing in my busy schedule and I got soccer this morning anyway. It's like, wait a minute, I'm not attached to the body anymore. Like, this isn't okay. I need to get back to it. Um, and the body says, you know what? I honestly, if I lost a finger, the first thing I'm doing other than falling down and crying and screaming like a woman, I would look for it. <laughs> Right? You know, get, got to get that back because they might be able to put it back on. They do that sometimes. Um, but the church does this, doesn't it? I, raise your hand. Anybody in church long enough to see this happen? Anybody been in church long enough to see folks not chase after body parts that are falling off? Anybody been in church long enough to see a body part say, hey, you know what? I ain't one of you people because you don't appreciate who I am or you don't love me enough or because this person said something that hurt my feelings. I'd be in trouble every time I look in the mirror. I say things about the rest of me that's not complimentary. Um, Everything would leave. Um, And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I'm not a part of the body. It is not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But not... But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. So if you're here, if you're a member of this body, you're exactly in the place, in the setting, with the gifts that God meant for you to be here with. So if you say, you know what, I'm sick of you people, I'm going somewhere else, without trying to work it out, without trying to like like negotiate, without trying to like love each other through the problem... Um, you're taking the gift that God put here and you're bringing it somewhere else. Um, Hold on, let me find my spot again. I I don't lose my spot very often. Um, If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or any, or again, the head of the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrast, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant of honor and less presentable members become more presentable. Um, Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, that the members may have the same care of one another. All right, two points here with this, okay? First off, 
um, the eye can't say to the hand, we don't need you, get out, right? Um, because fact of the matter is, I don't know about you people, my hands are indispensable. If I don't have them, I can't feed myself. If I don't have them, I can't change the television channels easily. If I can't have, you know, if I don't have them, I can't hold Abigail. Um, if I don't have them, I can't scratch itches. I can't, I can't do all of the things I do. If I don't have ears, I can't hear, right? I need my ears. I need my feet. I need the parts of me. Um, I, I read an interesting story about a, a college football player. He was being recruited by the NFL. This is many, many years ago. One of the most hotly recruited, like, like players as a junior goes into his summer before his senior year, works as a lumberjack, loses his big toe. Um, afterwards, he heals, goes back to play, and he went from being one of the fastest players in college football, he lost about four steps off his sprint. Why? Because that big toe that don't seem all that important that we cover up and people don't like to look at or smell or whatever, it's really important to launching, right? And he lost it and his career was over. There was no NFL, there was no nothing. Because he lost one member. The church is the same way. We need you. We do. We need all of you because without you, we're less than what God intended us to be. Um, when you look around you, I'm new here, okay? I don't know everybody's name. I'm studying. I'm trying. But you guys have known each other forever, right? When you look around and you say, wow, I haven't seen so-and-so in a few weeks, maybe part of what God wants us to do as indispensable churches call and say, hey, is everything okay? You want to come over and visit? It's hard to get people in the front door of the church, but man, it's easy to get out the back door, right? Um, indispensable church means we become a part of each other's lives. Um, it means we, we become so much a part of each other that missing one of us is like losing a finger or losing a big toe or losing an eye or a tooth. It's not an okay thing to have happen. Indispensable church means linked together. Um, which is what Paul is talking about here. He says you can't be divided. You can't be like Eric on a dance floor. Work together, people. You need each other. Um, 26, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. Um, when one of us hurts, we should all hurt. Right? When you look and you say, man, I can't believe that person's going through this. I can't believe that's happening to them. We ought to all stand together and say, man, we're with you. And it affects all of us. Anybody ever break a bone? I, when I was in, yeah, I know, uh, Francis. Um, when I was in, uh, between my senior year of high school and my first year of college, I was at a wedding in Chicago. And I, uh, I broke my ankle. And I was playing basketball. And, and it was one of those feet say one thing, body says another, brain has this Michael Jordan image. And then I have, I have, not only did I break my foot, I actually crushed my ankle. I broke it in so many places, the doctor told me they'd have to do a CAT scan to find them all. Um, I was in a cast for six months. Um, after I broke it, we're at a wedding, you know, and, and everybody says, oh, you're being a baby, walk it off. <laughs> and my mom, my mom's like, and I love my mom. She's like, it's, it's, it's not broken. You're making too big a deal out of it. Just, just rest it. 
And, and so I went and I propped it up and I sat with my foot just like literally crushed. I mean, like I'd, I'd broken, um, the joint. There's a joint in there that holds all the toes in and I'd, I'd completely destroyed it. Like, and, and, um, um, I sat there and at like three in the morning I hadn't slept and I'd eaten half a bottle of aspirin and I was, I was dying. I was in so much pain. And I finally get up and I say, all right guys, I need to go to the hospital. Like I'm in so much pain. Um, I broke my foot. Did it affect the rest of me? Right? <laughs> I broke my foot and man, you ever break, you tense up when you hurt something, right? That's the way it ought to be with the church. Um, Someone loses something. We all ought to r- rally around. Um, I, I've had tragedies in life where the church rallied around us. I've had tragedies in life where nobody showed up and nobody called. Um, there's so much comfort to be found in the body of Christ. Um, I say that as, as an experienced person with it. Um, and this is actually a church that's pretty good at it. How many of you all have had a member of this church call you when something was going wrong? I know it's a few of you, right? How many of y'all have showed up to help um, help out with someone who's sick? Um, or have had somebody show up to help out when you're sick? Or, or had somebody pass money to you anonymously to help you through a hard time? This is essential to us, right? If my foot hurts, I'm going to compensate, and I'm going to keep that foot safe. Um, if a member of us is hurting, we should stand together and, and rally. And this is actually something I think we do pretty well. Am I right? Um, it's something we could always do better, but it's something we do really, really, really well. I knew that last night when I came in and I saw 20 people serving cookies. Um, and when I went home at night and my wife got home at like 9 or 8.30 or something, it was pretty late. Um, I'd been cooking brisket for a couple hours, so it was pretty late. Um, <laughs> and, and, and she came home late and I thought, man, everybody else came home late, Right. We're folks that rally around each other. Even when we've moved away, sometimes we come back. Um, that's good. That's essential church. That's what the body of Christ brings us. If you talk to somebody who says, anybody, I'm sure you heard this. I can be a Christian but not show up. Right? It's a little like my toes saying, I can be a part of this equation, but I'm not showing up. You know, first off, the life ain't going to last long, right? <laughs> Um, if they don't come with me, they're not going to, I mean, I mean, it's not good for them, right? But secondly, if things go wrong when they're separate, it ain't getting better. And there's not the rest of me to rally around it. They don't have the same healing mechanism. That's one of the advantages. I'm going to go through a handful of advantages, part of what the body of Christ is supposed to be, why we're, how we're supposed to be essential church. First of all, we, we heal that way, right? Um, second, we keep each other hot. When I was grilling last night, I might my smoker, right? And I'm piling uh, charcoal and wood and everything else in there. And, and um, I had a piece of charcoal fall out and land in a pan, oh, just an empty pan I had sitting in front of the smoker. And I shut the door. And I, I remember because I'm in the dark, because it was late. And that charcoal, you ever seen charcoal glow real hot? And it was red. And the, you know, in the dark, it was real noticeable. And I just kind of left it there. And I went and I went to sleep on the couch for an hour and I came back out. How did that piece of charcoal look when I came back? It was black, right? I opened it up. Was the rest of the charcoal black? No. Part of what we do as the body of Christ is we keep each other hot. 
Um, we keep our fire for Jesus alive when we worship together. We keep our fire for Jesus alive when we hold each other accountable. Um, sometimes it's easy to fall into sin that we keep a secret, right? There's a real danger for ministers because if you've got a major sin in your life and you, you got it as a secret, the moment you sit down and tell people what happens, <laughs> your job's over, right? And that's how you find like these ministers who will have an affair that'll last for years. And, and, you know, you, you can talk to these guys. Sometimes they'll say, I really, there were points I wanted to quit and I couldn't. You know, I, I wanted to fix it and I couldn't. Um, because they can't confess without losing their livelihood, without losing their careers. Um, part of how we keep each other hot is we confess things to each other. We hold each other accountable. If I've got an area of sin, folks ought to be able to sit down with me and say, how are you doing with this? You struggling? Um, it's one of the strengths of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm a big fan of AA as a guy who's done addictions counseling. It's, it's a great organization. It's great because you show up and people say, are you clean? <laughs> Have you been tempted? What's going on with you right now? And actually, you know where that came from? I got a great book in my office downstairs, um, the big book and, and the good book. And it's about how all of these steps were taken right out of the scriptures. How do Christians stay hot? How do they stay free from sin? They hold each other accountable, and that's how they stay free from sin. Um, and that's part of what we ought to do as the church. Can I do that if I don't talk to any of you people? Well, I'd get fired. Um, but Craig, if Craig doesn't talk to folks about what's going on in his spiritual life, can Craig be held accountable by any of you? No. If he doesn't engage... I'm just using an example. I'm not thinking of anything in particular. I know you're perfect. That's why it was easy to pick you out. Um, <laughs> and at least that's what I've heard you say. Um, <laughs> if, if, if Craig doesn't, doesn't like, make himself like, a part of you, if he doesn't make himself vulnerable enough to be held accountable, he can't be held accountable. We can't stay hot if we're not a part of each other. And we can't be accountable if we don't gather together, if we aren't a part of each other's lives, if we don't meet and eat together, if we don't study the Bible together, if we don't do Sunday school together, if we don't call each other and say, where were you this morning? Or, hey, why don't you come over tonight and, and we'll pray together and we'll eat. Like This is a part of how we become essential and part of each other's lives. And the way churches often work is you'll have a core of folks that'll do it, and you got folks on the outskirts that'll sort of do it, and you got people who come and go, right? And they never do it. Um, one of the things we're going to be doing here in the next few months, and you're going to see this, we're going to be talking about it, and I want to put it in front of you now, is we're going to add ways for people to do this, right? Um, I always found this hard in churches because I've moved around my whole life, and I show up, and I've only been there for like a month, and everybody else has been here for years, and it's hard to plug in. This church is easy that way. It's good at it because, like, you can just walk into Brooks' house on Mondays. You don't even have to knock. They yell at you if you knock. If you want to go study the Bible with them, they'll let you. Just show up at whatever time they happen to do it that week. <laughs> um, but we're going to add stuff. In the fall or in the spring, we're going to be we're looking at doing like a, a financial training course to help folks deal with their money. Um, we're going to be doing a, a, a class for men um, looking at how do you be um, a man according to the biblical model. Um, I'm, I've talked to folks who are looking at doing Bible studies. As I'm talking today, if you're thinking, hey, I could do a Bible study. Hey, I could gather folks in my house and, and we could do like, like studying the Bible together or reading together or praying together, you should come talk to me because I'll help you get started on that because that's how we become essential to people's lives. If it's not an extra part of my life that I do, I may not keep showing up. Anybody ever like stop showing up to church for like a year or two years or 10 years? And it was just sort of like, oh, I got out of the habit. 
It's an easy habit to get out of, right? You get out of that habit because it's not integral to who you are. It's not a finger to lose. Everybody with me? Um, So where do we go from here? Um, part of the objective as a church is always to create a third place. Most people have three pla- or two places they go in their lives, right? Your house and your job, right? Although some of you are farmers and your house almost is your job, right? Like you go out in the yard and that's your... <laughs> or do I misunderstand how that works? <laughs> I mean, but, but most people, you have two places you go, right? And then like you have places you might visit on a regular basis, but it's not like I'm wedded to Walmart, um, it's not like I'm, I'm, you know, sold on driving to Great Falls to hit Sam's Club. Like, I'm not, these aren't essential. You know, I could go other places. They're not, like, 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 at the heart of who I am as a person. Part of our objective is to become a third place, right? So home, work, and church. And not church because it's an extra hobby to do. It's soccer, it's softball, it's, um, um, you know, coffee with the friends. Church, because it's a part of our spiritual life. It's a part of being connected to Jesus. Um, our objective is to be a third place and to make it as easy as possible to make this into a third place for folks where they find support and find comfort and find something that they're missing. Um, and the thing that they're missing ultimately is always going to be Christ because Christ is at the center of all this. I'm talking about being the body of Christ, right? Because Jesus died for our sins in Christ, we die to our sins and we become new people. We're born again, right? When we're born again, we become part of this body, like it or not. Um, and part of what we're commanded to do is be a part of the body. Um, so what do we owe? First off, we look for ways to make this into a third place. Secondly, we look for ways to make it easier for folks to become a part of this. And third, um, we become involved in each other. We call each other. We talk to each other. It's something we actually do fairly well again, right? Um, but it's something we need to do better. It's something we need to do in such a way as to where folks can walk in off the street and be a part of it. Um, and be a part of it without working real hard. Because if they have to work harder than we're willing to work, they ain't going to do it. And you, know, you might say, well, that's not really fair. You know, Why should I work harder than them? Because we're trying to keep people from going to hell. Sounds kind of simple, right? Um, so my challenge for you today, and, and I'm not going to preach real long. We're kind of hitting the end here because um, we've got stuff going on this afternoon. My challenge for you today is look at your heart and ask yourself, um, am, I, am I somebody who could be doing more to bring people in, to make this a part of people's life? Are there people I could be calling and drawing in? Are there people that I could be connecting to in a way that makes them more a part of the body of Christ? Um, have I fallen out of the habit? Have I broken away from the body of Christ and is my fire going out as I lay in the pan in front of the smoker? Um, where are you at? Um, and if the Spirit's moving in you, what are you going to do about it? You can ignore God for a while, but if you ignore Him long enough, you'll stop talking. Then you're really hosed. We're going to pray, um, and then I think we're going to do one more song. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would touch our hearts I pray that you would help us to make this church into a, a third place where folks come, a place that's easy to come into and be a part of. I pray that this church would be a hospital for sinners rather than a museum for saints. I pray that, that you would help us to bring glory in the way that we represent the body of Christ in our lives. In Christ's name we pray.
Amen.